This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Well, good morning, one and all. You're listening to the number one Millwall podcast, Achtung Millwall, and my name, of course, is Nick Hart. Yes, coming up in the pack programme today, we've got match reviews from the midweek shambles at home to Birmingham City, followed by yesterday's much better and improved a well-earned draw-up at Derby County. Closing out today's show, listeners, you're going to have a very special listed line this month. To close out today's show, we have a very special listed line for you this month. Star of Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, The Football Factory and Bend It Like Beckham, Mr Frank Harper. Finally, a short apology to all you fans of Nigel the Plane Spotter out there. I know that people, some people tune in regularly for, the, for Nigel's call this week. He has left us a message, but unfortunately the Skype is not replaying it for us, so... Um, in order to make the deadline for today's show, I've not been able to download Nigel's message this week. I will probably try and double up on that next week, so rest assured all you Nigel fans, Nigel's doings will be brought to you once I've had the opportunity to download it from Skype, so sorry for this week though. Welcome to Achtung Millwall. This is the Millwall v Birmingham midweek fixture. We're going to do a, a brief um, pre-match, half-time and post-match report on this game because obviously by the time you come to listen to this it'll be rather stale and old news. So tonight's Millwall lineup features uh, the home debut of Lee Gregory uh, alongside uh, Matthias Renegi. So it looks like we're going to go for... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Two-man attack. Dino Standing just described it as a, a midfield diamond. Jimmy Abdu playing left, and um, the first sight for in, uh, in, in many a long moon of uh, Justin Hoyt playing in the right back position. So the experiment of using Jimmy over on the right has been abandoned too. So we're going to check in with you at half time, and we'll see what tonight's game brings. 
sure you can hear the crowd's reaction to that sad little shambles. Half time, it's Millwall nil, Birmingham City two. Um, until the first goal, how many times have we said this this season? Until the first goal, we weren't out of the game. We actually had some opportunities to score goals. That three clear chances come to mind. Birmingham scored with their first meaningful attack, and since then we've basically gone to pieces. Second goal was a fairly straightforward shot on goal from a free kick from distance. Uh, we're 2 0 down now. Um, Hard to see a way back in, in, in this now. We're, we're looking like a shattered... The wheels have come off the season. We're looking like a shattered outfit. Oh, I'm talking to Crazy Horse, Neil. You only ever come when we lose 2-0, mate. I know, make an habit of it, aren't I? I don't know what to say. I didn't think we were actually out of the game up until the first goal. I mean, I, I, I don't know how many times we've got to say that this season. But we weren't looking totally out. We had opportunities to score. And we were by no means um, out of the game. And then the first goal goes in, and since then we've looked dishevelled. Just awful. I mean, that free kick, why you give away a free kick there? It was absolutely stupid. Absolutely stupid. They do it all the time. They think they're cocky, stick their arm out, someone falls for it. Free shot on target, isn't it? Well, the first goal was a kind of basic passing movement down the, the right-hand side, then a, a cross into the box, and the striker not picked up. Well, not someone was taking a selfie, so I didn't really see that one, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, such is the perils of modern-day football. Second goal, straightforward kick from distance, free kick, dead ball. Yeah, Ford really should have done better with that. But Ford should have done better. Should never have got it, given it, really. Never given it, really. Let's try and get some positives out of that half. I can't think of any. Hoyt has not looked too bad. I don't know. I'm sitting next to the Justin Hoyt fan club. They love him. <laughs> yeah. He's got a long way. There's no credit in the bank down at the end, but I didn't think he looked too bad. He's not looked as bad as the reception. You know, I've seen a lot, lot worse. He's one of these players. He's going to get booed no matter what he does. And there's much worse players out there. The midfield's not looked too bad. I think, I think defensively we're fragile. Everyone keeps talking about strikers. I think we've, no, we've got problems we with defence. We're, we're terrible in defence, but up front. I mean, Gregory's not willing. He's run. I'd like to see a way back from 2-0 down, mate. Yeah, it's Birmingham, though, isn't it? It always happens. You go 3-0 down or 3-0 up and someone claws it back. Did we get beat 6-0 by him last season or the season before? No, no, three years ago now, when we had those two players sent off. There's still plenty of action in the game yet, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back. I know I, I should have had that battle on three or more goals. <laughs> we'll be back at full time to uh, wrap it up. Ladies and gentlemen, full time from the Tuesday night match, Millwall 1, Birmingham City 3. Um, awful first half from Mill, absolutely awful. Much better second half, in all fairness. We look better going forwards, more shape. Um, introduction of Aidan O'Brien in midfield. Richard Chaplow in place of Justin Hoyt in defence. We look more dangerous, direct, a bit more attacking flair. But no cigar. What do you make of that lot, Neil? Otherwise, he's a tactical genius, isn't he? He's a tactical genius. Beavers up front. Better second half, but we gave ourselves a man in the corner, didn't we, after that awful first half? No, no, we went, well, when Gregory scored, I thought, yeah, might go back into this, then puts Beavers up front, lost that shape. High balls into the box. Straightforward win for Birmingham, in all fairness. They'll regard that as job done, won't they? Yeah, yeah we're in trouble. We're in real trouble. We're deeply in trouble. We're deeply in trouble. On to Derby on Saturday, Any so... He's only September. Cheers, mate. How are you? Team selection today for Millwall. Beavers dropped. Briggs in the side. Holloway in, in such a decent Who knows? Um, probably about eight, five to eight hundred Millwall fans stuck in a corner of the White Pro Stadium. Sunny day after pissing down the journey on the, on the M1. Why do we do this, ladies and gentlemen? That's what I don't know. Why do I do this? We're checking the action as it takes place. More news later. Turn it around, that was about a yard wide of the right hand post. One minute on. I'll be back on the attack again, inside the penalty area, that's high over the bar. Second minute again, that's two chances for Darby inside the first three minutes. 
Really Charlie from the middle side. He's a, straight in your faces, that's for sure. <laughs> I'll be on the attack now. What can I do? Five minutes in, Melbourne very much under the cross, you don't five. Briggs on the forward run, he tucks it inside, he finds McDonald, the shot was blocked. Good run there by Briggs. Eight minutes, eight and a half minutes. Ball to Millwall. And it comes, bubbled across the area. Millwall playing something, very, very far away from here to see who it was. Fifteen minutes coming up, nil-nil. Ball through from Chaplow, finds his man by the top. Took a tumble there, who was that? Like Walford took a tumble, no penalty given again. There's two penalty shouts, both weakish, got to be said, both weakish shouts, but there's two now not given them all. It worked, Walford, it was actually Webster from this distance, we're so far away from the furthest goal, it's kind of hard to see who it was, but that was actually Byron Webster getting forward, which is an interesting, interesting development. He took it on his chest, controlled it well, and took a tumble. Almost acting as a surrogate striker. 18 minutes gone. Briggs is going down the left. Nice ball through to find Briggs. Can he get the cross? And he can. Oh! Gregory inches wide. Unlucky. 24 minutes. Deflected away the corner. Floated in from the far right as we look. He's punched away. Falls to Briggs on the edge of the penalty. Can he get a shot in? He can. Oh! Briggs from the edge of the penalty area. Probably about a yard or two wide. Unlucky, two good charges from Millwall. We're looking better today, looking better. Oh, be shot, brilliant save, brilliant save by Paul. 27 minutes, shot from just outside the edge of the penalty area. Palmed away, carried away, I suppose it's called by David Ford, done really well there. Derby looking very dangerous down this right hand um, wing. That looked a hold on penalty. It's not been given. The 44 is being booked for diving. Ford was to chin him. 29 minutes, the game's exploded now. Ford is well fucked up with that. I think that looked a hold on penalty, to be quite honest with you. Ford is clearly done, wouldn't agree with me. It would me as well if I said that to him. Ford is doing his nut down there. He wants to hit someone. He wants to hit the six now. He's going to put the 44 for diving. He hasn't given the penalty. And then the football goes. I'm high up above the corner flag. I actually think it looked like a reasonable shout for a penalty. It looked like um, Paul taps him. I'd like to see it again in real time. Just talking to the chaps around me. Paul's also got in the book there. I think they wanted to hit someone. Chaps around me also thought it looked like a pretty, um, pretty good shout. I thought he tapped his ankle as he went past him. The quarter break there, I think this is quarter break. 30 minutes, nil-nil. Oh, the fans seem no one likes us because we're shit. You're telling me, I've been coming down the 40 odd years. I know we're shit. And of course the natural reply is... <laughs> Here it comes, and away. His name's not Forbes, Phillips and Masters, he's on Southampton back. I always think of Forbes, Phillips and Masters whenever I, I see this form bloke. He's an ex-public schoolboy. I think Phillips and Masters sounded like he was a public schoolboy. And uh, the two are now mentally entwined in my, my head. So whenever I see that blonde... Uh, Always spoke about it as very promising, but never seems to be Lee Darby. Right, I think the Fulks, Phillips and Masters, the old Southampton player, there. There's this little gather, I haven't bothered buying a programme for days back, so I don't know the names of any of the Derby players today, so forgive me. Fulks, Phillips and Masters, there's a sneaky little public schoolboy style clip on, on Matthew Briggs there, the kind of thing that Flashman would have done on, the, on his fag. So there's our time, ladies and gentlemen. Millwall on level two for Derby. Not been a bad performance, to be honest with you. I mean, we've ridden our, ridden our luck once or twice, skidded along a little bit by the seat of our pants. But overall, that's been a much improved performance of what we saw Tuesday night. Um, one or two standout performances for me so far. That's Briggs, going to say, on the left. And also Aidan O'Brien going forwards. Gregory's not looked um, too bad up front either. 
Dunn probably struggles a little bit in the right back position. But there we are. Big step forward from Tuesday night. Nil-nil. We'll be back after these messages. James Blewett, and I'm talking to Mark. Mark, I thought we'd done well. I thought we did very well, Nick. I thought we, um, I was dreading it when I saw the lineup at the beginning, but uh, actually, they've looked much more organised and much more sound than I expected them to, to be honest. I like the look of Briggs going Briggs, down the left. Yeah, Briggs has bought a bit of a, you know, I thought Malone was unlucky to lose his place, but Briggs has definitely bought something extra to the team. Bought some pace, and also, you know, quite skillful on the ball as well when he goes forwards. Yeah, and I think uh, Gregory's looked all right as well. I mean, he lacks a bit of confidence, a goal would doing good but um, yeah, and Webster and Williams in central defence we've, we've not really looked under pressure in coming down the middle like we have done recently no, I think Williams has been the player of the half for me so far he looks so composed that he just brings a bit of calmness to that back yeah. Dunn still looks a little bit um, but I think he's up been, against it today isn't he? Against... But I think it's been good to see Dunn back on the position which he's happiest with centre he might be happy so... Mark I'm not sure I am <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's ecstatic but yeah. I'm not sure he's, he's... well there's a the suspicion is that he, he has to keep him in the team because he's the captain, isn't it? That's the, yeah, uh, well, that's, 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 that's the reason, really, yeah. you know. Come but, on, how many people have just said Dunn's not good enough? He will be all right. He'll come through. <laughs> Mark, Mark Dunn, his biggest supporter. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just thinking he's a little bit out of his depth at this level on the right-hand side. Well, he's definitely, also, he definitely was against Burnley. Also, the difference today with two biggish blokes in the middle, we just look a bit more comfortable. We do. And um, that's, you know... It's going to come, you know, inescapably to the conclusion that Dunn doesn't have a place in the side, and that's that's going to be a problem. But anyway, I, I thought Holloway taken leave of his senses before the game. I said to you, didn't I, uh, James? I, I, yeah, no, I, th I thought I thought it was another mad, impetuous six changes, you know, yeah. big Holloway gesture. But to be fair, we've looked very well organised and very, and, you know, nice, calm, cracking away performance. To be honest, you know. Uh, moment of honesty. Now, did you think that was a penalty? I thought it was a nailed-on penalty. <laughs> No. <laughs> no. What about you, Mark? No. I no. It was not a penalty. It wasn't a penalty. <laughs> the referee not. said it was. Do you reckon it was? You were higher I, thought up I was higher up. It looked like he clipped him. Really? And then I thought he clipped him. It, the man made too much of it. I, I take that. But then I think Ford thought, oh, there's a moment where he could bluster his way out of this. Yeah, so he's decided yeah, to yeah, yeah. make it. He's going to hit someone. Yeah, 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 and that yeah. normally is the, um, the route I mean, out the of the Derby problem. fans look fucking pissed off. They must have. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, no, I, I, they were right behind the goal, so they must have seen it. I thought we caught a break there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, almost that was second half looming. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, James. We'll be back Thank after you, these James. messages. We will Cheers. see. This edition of Achtung Millwall is brought to you in association with the Punter's Helper, www.theph.co.uk. For just £10 per month, the Punter's Helper offers a daily tipping service as well as detailed analysis of some of the key races and meetings of the season. Not only that, you'll receive a more detailed betting review and breakdown of all of our selections, as well as an insight into why we back certain horses in certain races. Too good to be true? Well, we've produced profit in 9 out of 10 months since October 2013, and our return up to the end of July 2014 is a massive 410 points. Yes, for just £10 a month, you can be part of our growing tipping service, a service that produces healthy returns for you month on month. The punters helper. Our business is profit. Why not join us? www.theph.co.uk Ladies and gentlemen, betting is by its very nature a high-risk investment. Please bet sensibly. 
Well, in fairness to Holloway, one thing he did say in his comments after the, uh, the Birmingham City defeat in the week was one thing we've got to do is stop long balls getting hit over our heads. And that's certainly what we've done today. I think the, the pairing of Webster and Williams has looked pretty sound, in all honesty. Um, certainly Derby haven't dominated us in the air, coming down the middle. Well, we haven't looked iffy, to be honest, he's on the right-hand side in Dunn's position. He's never comfortable with decent wingers running at him, and Derby do have a decent winger in that 44, whatever his name is. You'll have to check that, listeners, because I, I don't do checking with facts and names and things. But, but we're in the game, there's certainly a massive improvement from Tuesday night, that's for sure. Certainly Bryce Spots of the half have been Lee Gregory, um, pressing on from Tuesday night. His goal there seems to have given him a lot of confidence. He's pressed well up front. He had one chance, I seem to recall, in the, uh, during the course of the first half, which I believe was saved or batted away or something like that. But he's been looking pretty sharp. Aidan O'Brien's also looking quite classy on the kind of right side of midfield going forwards. So there's a few good, um, good points to take out. Also, I, I, as, as we said earlier on to James, I'd like to look at Matthew Briggs going down the left. Very pacey. Perhaps a tendency to overcook it, but he's young, he's talented, and who wouldn't overcook it in that position? I probably would do too. Interesting story on the, on the news of Den in the week, um, talking about Justin Hoyt, um, who obviously left the game on Tuesday at half-time. There's a strange quote here, you always get strange quotes off of Ian Holloway anyway, but specifically regarding Hoyt. He says um, people are screaming at him at Holloway to get him off and get him off. Um, but he says it's harsh on Hoyt. It's not, he says it's not, uh, it's not Hoyt's fault that Carlos is injured and that he isn't match fit, he being Justin Hoyt. And it begs the question what the fuck has he been doing for the term of his contract if he's not fit? Match fit, I, I appreciate you only get that by playing regular match football, but he's presumably been playing reserve team football. Or what else has he been doing with himself otherwise? I don't personally think we'll see Justin Hoyt again in the mill shirt. I, I think he lacks that essential element of character that's required from a mill player, and I don't think he's got that. But an interesting quote, as, as, as ever, from Ian Holloway. Holloway's pre-match um, request to Mill fans was to keep calm and um, for us to play the football. Uh, in, that, in other words, to work through the blip. And so far, so good. Some harsh news on Jermaine Easter, a player that I actually quite like. Um, MK Dons are looking at a loan deal for him to go to League One. Tough one. I don't think he's ever actually let us down. Okay, he may not be the most exciting striker of all time. They're certainly not less down, but the, the storyline here is that players have to leave the den in order for newcomers to come in, and um, from that point of view, I suppose it's, it's arguably a logical move. Certainly Chris Eagles won't be one that's coming in. He didn't turn up for the, uh, the, the trial period that he's having on Monday, which didn't show, which I guess is akin to not showing up at a job interview. So in that situation, you cannot expect to get the job, can you? So there's another warm welcome player later on the season if he gets a job with anyone else. Chris Eagles, ladies and gentlemen, remember that name, Chris Eagles. Now I'll say it early, and I'll say it just before we all come out for the second half, there's no reason why we can't go on and nick this, ladies and gentlemen. No reason at all. We've not looked that bad in the first half. And indeed, when we've got forward and we've moved the ball about a little bit, as we can, we look quite dangerous. So, fingers crossed for the second half. Well, we go to the second half. Derby kick-off, attacking the furthest end. The Smith Cooper, they're thinking that counts end. Mill attacking us here at the uh, the corner end where we are. Mill pressing Derby back well there, got to be said. And now they're on the attack. The tens come down the right hand side of the look. 47 minutes on the clock. The ball's across the Mill penalty area. Flicked behind by Dunn at the far post for a corner. Early chance for Derby. And it comes. Header on goal, free header back across the middle, Pems Jerry and back out to the 10. Floats another cross in, away. First sign of weakness in the middle central defence. There's a shot from the block from the three on the edge of the penalty area. First time the middle central defence has looked a little bit like being breached there. Darby still on the attack, 44 now down the left hand side. He floats it back across and away. Bill so, riding their luck there. There's Glee Gregory now, no in front of him particularly, plays it forwards. Some masters. Free kick, no wall. Just right centre, just outside the penalty area. 15 minutes gone, 51 coming up. No free kick. Just about two yards outside the penalty area. Right hand side. And James Wilson. Will, 
Stadium, the iPhone, it's got its floodlights on at the moment. It's all very modern and steel and you know 1990s clearly, but it's a, it's a pleasant enough place. Late afternoon sunshine now, spilling through the kind of the uh, translucent lining at the top level. There's McDonald from distance. About three, five hours. That was a dipping shot, almost bounced inside the post, but just went wide of it. Nil-nil. All you boo boys listening out there, Matthew Briggs has done very, very well for the Lions this afternoon. Win or lose this one. Hardly oh, the attack. The eight goes. The eleven goes forward. He tried to work a penalty there, but the referee wasn't having any of it. It's a non-penalty giving referee this bloke. Eighty-six minutes. Briggs wins a corner. Looking around in there, it's close. It's bobbing around. Fuller can't get a shot on goal. Played back. Wolford's shot is Fuller. Wolford's shot again. Comes back to Upson. Upson jinx past his man. Still got the ball. Plays it well. Plays it for no one. Barry uh, remain on the attack. The eight's got it. That's inside. What can he do? Cross ball. Plenty of space for this bloke over here. Jesus Christ. Here comes the six over the bar. 30 seconds left. Worrying moment. But it all ended alright. Referee's hanging on to see if Darby can get a late equal late winner. 30 seconds over the top of five minutes, I'd make it. Been a fighting, fighting Millwall performance. Really has been. A point one very much for Millwall. I don't think we've probably done enough to truly claim that we should have won it. Could have won it, but we, sh we shouldn't have won it. Referee wants to give as much time as required for Derby to get a late winner. We'll make up to one minute over the five allocates. This must be Derby time. Long pump forwards down from Fold. Trying to find Fuller. There it is. Derby nil, Millwall nil. Very good performance, Millwall. Fighting point. Huge, huge turnaround from Tuesday night, Shambles. That was a proper Millwall performance. Yes, we had our flaws. You can argue about um, the right-hand side. It was a little bit open on the flanks at times. But I thought that was a very, very strong defensive performance. Complete contrast what we saw Tuesday night. Good stuff, Millwall. Well done, the lads. Well done, the crowd that come up there. Good, good support. That's the game, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be right back after these messages. A very special listed line this month. Star stage and screen actor, Millwall fan, Mr. Frank Harper.
Okay, so a big welcome now to Achtung Mill to, um, I was going to say our most famous guest, Frank, but thinking about it, we've had Kevin Kempster on, on the show already, so you're, you're probably the second most famous person I've ever interviewed, mate. Welcome to the show. <laughs> No, no one's more famous than Kevin. Kevin Kim. <laughs> <laughs> like. Welcome, welcome to the show. You're a local lad. You're from Downham originally, I see. Yeah, I grew up from Downham. Yeah, I went to school there. So that's, that's yeah, that's where I grew up. Up until I was about 18, I think. Okay. Well, and then that... moved to Bermondsey. <laughs> you moved to Bermondsey, right. They... Yeah, yeah. I think my granddad was, wasn't wasn't very pleased at the time because he no. said he spent half his life getting the family out of Bermondsey. It's, it's funny. I mean, that's actually a common experience. My dad uh, moved from Bermondsey to Downham, and you're right. It was it was a traditional move out, wasn't it, from central London yeah. outwards to the... Well, well, they didn't have any choice at the time. I think the Luftwaffe had a lot to do with it. Choice so. <laughs> <laughs> was taken away. Fantastic. Yeah. Now, you, you, your dad was a Millwolf player, of course. Famously, Dave Harper played for the Lions in the late 50s, early 60s. Yeah, he did, yeah. It was, he, I think he signed pro um, uh, 57, I think. 57, 57. and I think he... Yeah, I think he went. Then he went to Ipswich in '68, I think, or '65. Yeah. I, I, I just printed off the, um, the the fantastic tribute the club put on the website to to him because he obviously sadly passed away a couple of years ago now. Um, he made 190 senior appearances for the club, but I think an injury kind of um, probably meant that he didn't get as many in as he should have done. Frank. No, he got he he, he, he done his cruciate ligament, which was like career ending then. I think yeah. around '62, '63. Yeah. So I think he was. Um, because I think at the time Tommy Doherty was managing Chelsea had come in for him and Newell wouldn't sell him to the end of the season and then he'd, he'd, he'd done his cruciate so I think he had best part of a year out um, yeah. to, you know back then he was, you know, it was a major achievement just to come to, to play again cool. also you know they were pumping them full of these quarter injections we were only supposed to have two a year but they was having about three a week back then if they was injured so uh, unfortunately, later in life, his knees were shot. Yeah, I mean, do you remember that incident happening, Frank? Or was you too young to remember the um, the injury? Uh, not not for Millwall. No, oh. I, I I remember him playing for Leighton Orient. Yeah, um, I was. I, you know, I remember him because he finished at Leighton Orient. Um, I, I remember going to see him play at the Orient. Um, right. But yeah, I, obviously, I, I was there when he played for Millwall, but I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we're launching our listed lines questions. You are our listed line for the month, Frank. So um, name, obviously, Frank Harper. <laughs> um, your occupation now you, you're now um, obviously actor um, writer and director I see you're, you're directing movies now St George's Day I think was was a director yeah. himself That's yeah I directed it yeah and I wrote it I, I thought no one was giving me any work so I thought I'd better write myself a part <laughs> how did you find directing that must be quite a step up from, from acting it must, it's like being manager of a football team I would imagine is it that the same analogy well, I suppose it's similar. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that um, you know, it's a bit like football. If, if everyone's doing their job properly, um, like in football, the team's playing well, you're the greatest manager in the world. It's a similar thing with direction. If you, if, you know, if, if, if the people that you've um, employed that do their jobs, yeah. you know, they're good at them, you can just let them get on with it. You know, it's, 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 it's a bit like sort of, um, it's a bit like delegating, really. Yeah, and then once, yeah. you know, once you've got people you can trust, um, in the, the important positions like a cinematographer, I am brilliant cinematographer yeah, at St George's yeah, Day. Yeah. It sort of pretty much takes care of itself, you know. Yeah. Just looking at your Twitter feed here, you've got um, you're doing you're working on a new project, I think, at the moment. Something different to what you've done previously, you say? Yeah, very different. Okay. Can you can you tease it? Can we tease anything out of you, Frank? <laughs> I tell you what, I'll do. I'll do. I'll do an interview about it once. Once the, I, I think it's uh, um, until it's everything sort of um, signed and delivered, which yeah. we're very close now. Uh, um, they're, they're, I, the, the trouble is, it, it with St George's Day, it took me four years. I mean, from having the idea to sort of walking up the red carpet for the premiere, yeah. and I had like two years of everyone going, when's your film going to start? When's your film going to start? So I said, right, in this one, until it's actually definite, I'm not saying a word. Yeah. How did you get into acting, Frank? I mean, again, looking at your, your life story, you're working at Smithfield as a, as a, as a meat porter originally. Um, did you have yeah, an interest? Yeah. Did you want to do it from I, school, I, or how did you get into it? Well, the, the funny thing was... Back then, you had one careers interview. And I, I went in there, and, and that was it. You had a careers interview, and at some point, someone from the army came in as well. Um, but, um, it's true. But I, sort of, 
I was like fifth generation to work at Smithfield. Right, um, right. And you had to be related to someone to get a job there. It was actually still a closed shop back then. Yeah. And um, so I thought I'd, I'd, I'd worked there in the school holidays and, you know, thought it was an amazing place. Yeah. Um, Character-wise, I guess it would be, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's when people go to me, oh, you play really convincing gangsters. Well, I did spend 10 years working at Smithfield, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm quite appalled. Quite appalled of people to choose from. But, um, <laughs> but, but uh, this, 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 this woman said to me, you know, what are you going to do when you leave school? I said, well, I'm going to go and work at Smithfield Market. Yeah. So she was sort of quite condescending and said to me, but what would you really like to do? Well, to me, there was only three jobs worth doing. That was footballer, film star, or racing driver. <laughs> <laughs> so she said to me, have a nice life at Smithfield. <laughs> like it. <laughs> no, you're right. The careers interviews back then kind of pigeonholed you quite quickly. I, I got pigeonholed into the civil service. And I, I should have gone for a film star like you, mate. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, start, I started at the Albany, the Albany Empire in Deptford. I sort of, I, I went down to, because it was, a, well, it still is a cabaret theatre. Yeah, I think I got yeah. down to the band and the, the guy that ran the theatre company at the time, um, I'd had a few too many, and he, I said yes when he asked me to be in his next play. <laughs> it went from there, but yeah, there was a great guy there called John Turner, um, right, right. who who got me, him and uh, Jenny Harris, who, who sadly died last year, but they sort of um, took, um, got you started, let's got say, uh, yeah. kids out the flats. And right. were mad enough to put us on stage, you know. So, um, yeah, a big, big, um, big, big uh, thank you to, to, to the two of them. Fantastic. What was your first Millwall game you remember, Frank? What was, it, what was the first time you went to the Den in your memory? I remember actually watching my dad play for Orient against Millwall. That was right. the first. <laughs> so it was a bit weird. <laughs> that, that sound you can hear is me crossing all the bits out about how proud were you to see your dad play in a blue shirt, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he was playing with the Orient. Oh, jeez. He was playing, he was playing with the Orient. So, um, what year would that have been, roughly, Frank? Was it any play oh, about 70, 71. Yeah, because the Orient won the old third division in 69, 70. I remember being there that night. Yeah. Um, uh, the old man come out and give me his medal. Um, <laughs> okay. yeah. so, but I've actually, but my brother's got that one. I've got the Millwall one. I've got the 61, 62 uh, f- uh, fourth division medal. So, Fantastic. and my brother's, my brother's got the Orient one. Yeah, I'll pull seniority on that one. So I'm having the Millwall one. <laughs> Do you remember much about the game? Can you remember the you know, impressions of the den? Of what was going on around you and so on? No, it's just it, it always seemed quite sort of lively. <laughs> 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 That's a good choice of word. I like that. It was lively down there in those days, wasn't it? It was. Um, yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was different. I mean, I, it's. Um, I did a, I, I, it was weird because he actually came up when he was being interviewed. Yeah. Um, but one of my first films was a, 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 a picture called for, uh, for Queen and Country, which yeah. starred yeah. Denzel Washington, who yeah. played a British paratrooper in it. Yeah. And the guy that it was based on worked at the Albany. Right, okay. Uh, anyway, cut a long story short, uh, Denzel being the uh, method actor that uh, he is, yeah. sort of turned around to Tim Berry and the producer and said, I need to go to Millwall. <laughs> and Tim went, no way on this earth. <laughs> and then the writer, the writer, um, uh, uh, writer tricks world said, but he can go with Frank, he'll be fine with Frank. Yeah, so yeah. Denzel Washington stood at the Coblo Lane end. That is the truth. There we are. I thought that was an urban myth, but it's clearly that not. Is, it's absolutely true. And he, um, he said to me, he said, now I know why they call it the Lions Den, Frank. I went, why is that, mate? He said, this has got to be the closest thing there is to going to the Coliseum in Rome in its heyday. <laughs> but he did say, he was interviewed quite recently, and he said, do you support any English soccer teams? And he went, yeah, well, Millwall. He's a Millwall fan. He's <laughs> the first team you go and see, isn't it? Go so Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis is a big Millwall fan. Yeah, because I think he was brought up in New Cross, and I think he went to the old ground a few times, didn't he? Yeah, he, he was in... Um, well, he, he grew up in Greenwich. Um, yeah. But when I worked with him, I, I, walked, I walked into a, into a read-through read one day, and, and he said to me, you never told me your dad played for Millwall. I said, well, I didn't think you'd be interested. He went, no, I'm a Millwall supporter. Oh. I went, really? He went, Frank, I grew up in Greenwich. It was the safest option. 
Yeah, we are. We're everywhere, Frank. We're all over the place. We're getting all sorts of places. Denzel Washington, I think, is a fantastic story. I like, I like that one. That's, that's well, yeah, you've got, you got, you got, you got like, uh, well, I don't think there's many football clubs can say they've got uh, people, well, they've got about five Oscars between the two of them. So there you go. Yeah, that's right. I think Stuart Till um, is friends with Emilio Estevez, and I think he's, he, had, he was pictured with a Millwall shirt on as well. So, really? Clearly, clear we, we're getting Hollywood in our grip bit by bit, Frank. Yeah. You're doing your bit there, mate. Good stuff. Um, where did you used to stand at the old ground? Was it the Cold Blow Lane, then, Frank, or did you go anywhere else? Well, uh, we used to sort of wander around, but you know, back in the sort of bad old days when there weren't many people there, we sort of I used to stand at the Cold Blow Lane in the halfway line. That's mainly where I stood. Yeah. But we used to, you know, you could wander around then. You know, you sort of. Just to have a wonder, as it were. It but just, yeah, normally the Coplo Lane and all the um, all the halfway line. Just so, such characters down there that you used to get. I mean, you can't. You know, I mean, I know a lot of the movies that you work in are kind of character-based things in many respects. And that must be, I mean, what with Swiftfield Market and the Den, I mean, it's, it's a wonderful um, grounding in characters, isn't it? I mean, you couldn't wish for better. Oh, yeah, no, I've got, I had a, I had a really extensive library. <laughs> <laughs> Not the characters, yeah. An extensive library. I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's, I'd read the script and go, oh, that sounds like so-and-so, so-and-so from Smithfield. So, yeah, that'll, that'll be it. That, that's, that's, me, that's me research done. I mean, I suppose you're most, would you say you're most famous for your, your, your part in the football factory? What would you, I mean, would you agree that it's probably your, your, the, um, the biggest movie that you're known for? Apart from St George's Day. I just disrespected your work there, Frank. Sorry, mate. <laughs> that's all right, mate. Um, I, think, I think probably the biggest film I've been in is probably, it was probably Lockstock. I mean, I think in terms of, you know, the impact it had. Guy Richie, yeah. Um, yeah, true. And, true. you know, it, it, it was, you know, I didn't, didn't realise at the time being part of it, just what a big impression it had. And obviously, football factors. Well, but it depends who you talk to. You know, if I talk to other actors, for the first question they ask me is what's Daniel Day Lewis like? You know, um yeah. or they talk about the films I've done with Shane Meadows, which I made around a similar time. So yeah, yeah, people people come at you from different you know yeah, I talk yeah. to um you know my daughter's friend is Benny like Beckham. Yeah, I, I was gonna so, say I'd, I'd actually forgotten, you know, I printed some stuff off to, to talk to you tonight and I'd actually forgotten you in Ben a bit like Beckham. That was that was a big movie, that was a big um, big grossing um, take as well. So you've yeah. got quite an extensive Repertoire one way and the other over time, haven't you? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's um, you know, I, I mean, they say it's better to be typecast than not cast, so, yeah. Would you agree, right? I mean, I, I, I was going to try to dance around the typecasting point because um, I never know if that offends or not, but I mean, it, it, clearly there's a there's there's work in it for you, so, you know, you're probably not so worried about that as a, as a you know, as, as a, well, a label. I, I think I think the um, I think the uh, you know the the, the the bad guys are actually more fun to play. They must be, you know, yeah. They're, yeah, you know, they're more fun to play because when I did Benny like Beckham, someone said to me, "That must have been tough for you." I went, "What being a nice dad? That's what I am. That was easy." <laughs> <laughs> people, people, do, people do get confused, you know. With uh, people do get confused yeah. with, um, with you know, what that your persona on screen and, and in real life, you know. And sometimes I have to say to people, I'm only a tough guy between action and cut. That's it. <laughs> Who's your favourite all-time Millwall player, Frank? Who would you choose as your favourite ever Millwall well, player? Well, apart from my dad, obviously. I've got to All say right, we'll exclude but... your dad then. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Who else? <laughs> I, I think over the years, I think the Bert, I think. My favourite player yeah. um, was Terry Erlock. Oh, I think yeah. Terry summed up everything about Millwall. I think the best player I actually see playing the Millwall shirt was Tim Cale. Yeah, yeah, a good choice. Two good choices. Both midfielders um, and both probably underrated, you know, in, in many respects. Terry certainly was, I think. Um, Terry, well, I mean, because Terry, you know, we all know Terry's reputation of being, you know, a, a, a tough player. Yeah. But, you know, Terry Terry could play as well. You know, he, he could, you know, he was, he was a great pass with the ball. Very and I think, you know, yeah. I, think, I think Kale was probably, well, you know, David Moyes said that Kale was the bargain ever to come into the Premiership. Oh, yeah. I mean, what did he pay? pay for about one and a half million or something stupid, didn't something it? Something like that, wasn't it? Something daft, wasn't it? It was a silly amount of money, and he's gone on to, you know, you know, become an Everton legend and now obviously increasingly known around the world in, in, in the World Cup in New York. Two good choices, yeah. mate. I like it. it was, I'm going I'm to put you on the spot now, and you, you've got a public persona, so you've got to be careful where you say this, but who's the worst middle player you've ever seen, Frank? <laughs> 
you want to come back to that later? I can't remember. I'll tell you what it was. I think it was about... (laughs) It was early... Early 80s, and I, I can't... Was it the mid-80s? And I've gone with my dad to see him play over at uh, Crystal Palace. Right, yeah. And I've, my dad came and said, that is the worst Millwall team I've ever seen. I know it was about 84, 85. I'm not going to pick people. I'm not going to pick people. That's that. fair I'm, enough. I, I won't pressure I wouldn't you. do that. I won't pressure I wouldn't you. do that. It's not fair. Because <laughs> also, just doing the research, I, I, I didn't realise your dad managed the Clifton Arms over near Crystal Palace, the pub over that way, didn't he? It, well, it used to it used to it used to sort of throw everyone because they walk in the people would walk in the pub for, for a football match and they'd be in the wool scarf up coming the park. As as one does, as one does. It's, I mean, it's interesting because that's a traditional route, you know, for, for uh, footballers of your dad and the seventies going backwards in, the, in that era. There wasn't the money in the game then that there is nowadays, clearly, and that was always the kind of um, classic, you know, kind of retirement option, wasn't it, to take over the running of a pub. Well, yeah, he did. He was a black cab driver. He did he? when he first finished playing. He did. He did the knowledge, and he yeah. was a black cab driver for nearly ten years, and then he took the pub. Yeah, it's interesting because I mean, it just struck me as a traditional kind of route for footballs. And I'm just looking at um, an interview that you did with a, a film magazine online, and you're just talking about the dialogue in your movies that you've done and how it's kind of reflective of probably yours and mine and a lot of listeners' eras. It's kind of like a dialogue that's going out, and it just struck me that. You know, your dad managing the pub and the dialogue of a... It's like a, a passing world that's going away slightly. Do you still, do you still well, hold to that? that yeah, I think, I think one of the things about St George's Day was that it was about, you know, it was about a way of life coming to an end. Yeah. You know, you follow the two characters, Mickey and Ray, you know, they, they, their way of life is, is, is you know, is finishing in the way they speak. You know, yeah. the whole... I think what I tried to do with St George's Day was celebrate a language which is sort of dying out, yeah. you know, and may well disappear with our generation. Yeah, no, you know, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. So, it was an interesting point, and I, you know, I, I suppose you know it chimes in with a lot of what we all see around us. Kids now do speak in a different way to, to yours and mine generation, and it's a shame. It, there is a sense of it of it passing away it's into into what we don't yet know. But no, it's yeah. an interesting point, mate. What's your most memorable match, Frank? What's the most memorable Millwall match you've ever ever been to? Oh, I think when we got, I think there's quite a few. I think that that was a bit special when we got promoted up to the old uh, first division. Yeah, um, and, and then I think I, I one of the memories of that season when we was in the first division was Nottingham Forest coming at the time. They were sort of you know they were title contenders most years. Yeah, and the look on. Brian Clough's face as he got a standing ovation when he walked out onto the pitch. He did, he did, uh, and J- I think Jack Cholton in his day did as well. It was, it's, yeah. it's a good point because I mean, for all the hostility you and me both know about the you know the atmosphere of the den and all that comes with that, respect is shown when it's when it's due, and I think Clough Clough got that, didn't he? Yeah, I think as well. I think the other game that really stands out was the, the cup semi final at Old Trafford. That was a bit special. No, that was. Um, how, how long did that second half last, Frank? <laughs> About a month. <laughs> About a month. I, I know. I know. It took me nearly a month to get home because they closed the tunnel and the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> what a game that was! My my voice went. I, I actually couldn't talk for two days afterwards because it was just felt like you had to roar it on, didn't you? Roar it home. You know. What a moment. Well, I was standing with me, standing with my brother and my cousin, and we just looked at each other in amazement and went, <clears throat> "Do you realise we're going to play Manchester United in the FA Cup final?" <laughs> it's just insane, you know. Just even even thinking about it. But that, I think I think if you had to have one. Standout game. I think that was that was probably it for yeah, me. Good choice. I mean, probably more so than. I mean, what was it? The Auto Shields windscreen. I mean, that was quite good as well. Going to um, you know, can't see Millwall play at Wembley. That was a bit special. And um, yeah. you know, the final was it was a great atmosphere. I don't think anyone really thought we was going to win. No, no. But yeah, but. I do remember someone saying, standing next to me and saying, oh, if we can hold out of our time, you never know, and <laughs> Ronaldo scored. <laughs> so, I mean, it was a fantastic day out, and I mate of mine's Arsenal support, and I used to just take the nick out of him. We've been at the new Wembley more than you. But, um, yes, we have, yeah. You know, that was good. I think the, the first playoff game we lost was a real anti-climax. I think the second one was more relief, I think. Yeah, no, I think uh, you're right. I think you're right. Do you like the new den as against the old ground, Frank? Do you, do you like the new ground? Some people. Well, it's interesting. Isn't it? uh, yeah, I think that, that you can't. 
you, you never recreate the atmosphere of the old den. No, you can't. And I, I feel the same about Wembley. I don't, I, to me, I don't, you know, I don't like the new Wembley. That's another subject. But no, I think I think the new grounds, the new ground has grown on. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, unfortunately, you know, football had to move on. You know, and, and you know, some of them old grounds were just so in such bad condition. You know, you. you and people demand more facilities now as well, don't they? People are used to having, you know, what was it, two toilets at the old den? Uh, if that, I think there was often one because the other one was broke, wasn't it? And it, you're right. <laughs> yeah, no, um, and, you know, people do demand that they can eat something worth eating at the ground and, you know, and go and have a slash or something. It, it, it's it's not too much to ask, is it, if you're paying the kind of money yeah. we're paying now? But, um, but I think it's inevitable. I mean, but, you know, I, I think... I think we were the first or second club to actually move, weren't we? Yes. I think we may have, may have been, I think we may have been the, one of the first clubs to actually move grounds. Yeah. Mo- moving the ground and, and having that new ground, you know, yeah. makes me a team that thinks, you know, thinks makes us a sort of championship, you know, we, yeah. we should be in the championship at least, you know, with, with that sort of ground. Well, I think the new, the new den, as as as, um, as it was known, not so much now, but the new den was the first new stadium built in London since I don't know 19, 1913 or something like that. It was I don't remember really, re- yeah. reading that, you know. Um, yeah, I think it's a no- I think it's an okay ground. I mean, the atmosphere on its day is incredible, Frank. I mean, what it must be like to stand in that centre circle. I, the hardest. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, but, but, I mean, I've been at the new den lots of times when there's been a fantastic atmosphere. You know, it's it. No, it's it's a lot of a lot of it's to do with who you're playing and. A yeah. lot of it sometimes is to do with how, how full the away end is. Yeah. That, that always, you know, if, you, if, if whoever comes down fills your away end, that always adds to it. How often do you get That's down good. there, Frank? I, mean, I imagine work must take you there and everywhere. Do you, do you get down there regularly, or is it once in a while? I, I, I'll get down there as much as I can. I haven't, yeah. I haven't been for a while, you know, it's, but it, unfortunately work sort of takes over. That's what uh, it does, yeah. But me, 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 my youngest daughter's going regularly now, so she's keeping the family tradition up. But no, I'll try, try, me and the missus try and get down there as much as we can, yeah. Fantastic. This is, this is always a strange question, because it kind of goes back to the other one I've just asked you, but I, 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 I'm looking for the, your favourite ever Millwall moment. Now, that's that's a different thing to the match. I, I try and distinguish between a Millwall moment and a Millwall match. So I don't know if you've got a Millwall moment that you that's my spring to mind. Your favourite ever? Probably that final whistle going at Old Trafford, I think yeah. that was, I, I don't, I don't think you'll ever get more, you know, more special than that, unless we actually won, won, won a cup, but I think that's, uh, <laughs> I think that was, I, I think that was the, the, um, the Millwall moment. Yeah, I think, I, I think that, I think it was, yeah, to be honest with you. I think as well, because Old Trafford's such an amazing stadium. Yes. You know, the fact it was there as well added to it, you know, I think that was, it was, you know, such a iconic football ground. I think that added to the whole thing as well. Also, of course, we were in the final, and I think everyone realised we were in Europe as well, weren't we? I mean, that meant that we qualified for the, for the UEFA Cup, which was mental. It was <laughs> a bit bonkers. Yeah, that was that was a bit that was a bit tight for the atmosphere that night. That was. Did we played Ferenc Varos Friday. Did you go over? Did you go, did you go to Budapest? No, nah, I, I heard stories though. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a film for you next time around, mate. Uh, yeah, there was lots of there was lots of comments of people I knew saying, "Just like the old days." <laughs> How good is that? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean they weren't, they weren't talking about the football. <laughs> <laughs> What's your funniest ever Millwall moment? You got any 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 funny stories you can share with us, Frank? God, come on, mate. Stuff, tell us some funny ones. Come on. <laughs> I was sitting with my cousin one day. I forget who we were playing, but there's two old boys sitting behind us. Yeah. And after about ten minutes, Paul Eiffel's gone down the wing. <laughs> he put over like a poor cross. So one old boy's gone. Yeah, one Paul Eiffel is the worst right winger I've ever seen at Millwall. So the other old boy's gone. Paul Eiffel is the best right winger I've ever seen at Millwall. Right. Now this conversation then goes on for the whole of the first half. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they, they was hilarious, right? All talking about Paul Eiffel. One saying he's the greatest right winger Millwall's ever had, and the other one's going, he's a terrible right winger. And I, I me and my cousin are just laughing. We just spent the whole first half laughing these two old boys. They went, you know, and obviously their language was, was a little right, bit... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's nearly half time, so I've got up... We, we can't go and get a cup of tea, and, and one of these old boys then said a word, said to me, hey, I... Frank, your old man was a better right winger than Paul Eiffel. We played That meant as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I think the other way as well. I forget. Is it? 
Was it Paul Moody who played that? Was it Paul Moody? Moody? Yeah, big striker. Yeah, yeah. Big striker, Paul Moody. <laughs> I forget who we were playing. I found, but he scored that trick at, at the den. Right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. we won four. We were we was four nil up. And he scored that trick, yeah. and there was about two minutes left, and the ball's gone been pumped down at the right wing and he's ambled after it like not really bothered and someone screamed him who do you lazy bastard I think yourself up <laughs> only at the day and he sort of stopped and looked as he was like what you score that trick <laughs> not good enough <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's true. There's lots like that. There's so many. Well, there are. I mean, it's one thing you, it's very hard to explain to the outsider the, the humour of the club. And again, I suppose it just links back with some of your film stuff. It, it, getting the humour into the kind of the villainy type situations, but also the den. You know, it, they, they go hand in hand. The humour and the den go hand in hand. It's, I think it's places that are basically, you know, very working class, which Millwall is, you know, the Smithfield market what it is, yeah. you know, it's, it's a very working class, and I think there's a very distinct humour, you know. Charismatic, um, it's charismatic, isn't it? I mean, you know, these, often these guys have a certain aura, bearing, or whatever you want to call it, and um, it, comes, yeah. it comes with a turf. Who's your favourite current player, Frank? Who do you like in the team at the moment, mate? Well, I've got... <laughs> I've got to be careful here, but I would be. say I, I would. No, I would. I've, I've got two. I've got to say two because yep. uh, they're sort of they're sort of friends as well. Okay. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, uh, I, I think um, I think Alan Dunn has reinvented himself this season. I mean, I read yes, the match yes. report, and evidently he had a, a, a fantastic uh, game against Forest on Saturday, yep. um, according to the papers. Anyway. Uh, you know, but I think he's, a, he's he, he, I think Danny's sort of he's been at the club a long time, and I think he's Millwall through and through. You know, so he loves is. the club. Yeah. You know, and I think he, you know, and he he puts in a shift, doesn't he? And he, you know, and I, he, he, he can he can leave a foot in now and again. I think which endears him to a lot of people down there. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, so but, yeah, but you know, but I think you know, say so he's been at the club a long time, and uh, you know, I think he's a, I think he's he's attitude not. I think, if I'm right, he, he could have gone out and loaned a couple of seasons ago, but he stuck it out, didn't he? Got himself back in the team. So, yeah. you know, fair play to him. And, and the other ones, David Ford, you know, he's, yeah. I think I think he's, he, he, you know, I've spoken to him on many occasions. He loves Millwall. And um, obviously, once he made the Irish team a couple of seasons ago, I think a lot of people thought he'd go, but, you know, he's, 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 he stayed on. So, you know, and he's, you know, he's a, He's a very good, very good player. I know all goalkeepers have their moments, but um, I think generally he's a very, very good goalkeeper. But I think Millwall have been lucky that we've had some good goalkeepers over the years. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly been a difference in a lot of games, Frank. I mean, he's, um, you're right, I think it comes with the territory being a little bit mad and a little bit, um, you know, slightly unsettled in gold, doesn't it? It seems to be what, to, I think to do the job, you've got to be a bit loopy. <laughs> to go diving at people's feet and putting your face in there, you know. The trouble is, if, if you make a mistake in the midfield, no one, there's a groan and no, no one really, yeah. you make a mistake in the six-yard box, it's fatal, isn't it? So it's, Very much. So. He's certainly the best goalkeeper in, in a long while. I think I'm going back to, you know, going back to the Brian Horn and um, and so on, he's certainly and Casey Keller, I suppose, as well in, in his day. Another great goalkeeper. Yeah, Tony Warner was a good goalkeeper. Yeah, Warner, of course. Yeah, Denzel. Yeah, yeah. No, we've we yeah. been lucky in that in that way. Now, if you struggled on that question, you're really going to struggle on our last question, Frank. And um, I'll, I'll I'll give you a pass on it if you want to take the the Fifth Amendment. Is your most despised opponent? Who's the player you hated? <laughs> This this yeah player yeah. <laughs> this this point oh, is, is Frank trying to work out a diplomatic answer now. <laughs> we'll come back to that, Frank. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I, I, I mean, it's, this the, 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 the trouble is, you know, we it, you meet, you meet players, them. That's the trouble. We go and meet them at a function or something. <laughs> players that other, you know, players that that. that other teams generally hate, yeah. and normally players you would be first choice on your team list if you had them in your, in your side. That's the problem. Yeah, you know? no, I think you've got. I a mean, point there. Got a point. now you take the you know, likes of Roy Keane. You know, you imagine if you had Roy Keane, you'd be, you'd be the first name on the team sheet every week, wouldn't they? Love you? him uh, down there, wouldn't they? They'd, they'd love a lot of these blokes. I think you're right. I think it's yeah. the hostility is a mark of um, acknowledgement of the you know of, of the talent, whether. Whatever else it might acknowledge, but it's certainly the talent of the of the opposition players. So, um... but I think we've, we've, 
I think we, I think, I think Millwall fans actually are quite generous sometimes. If I remember Paul Merson being applauded off yeah. when he scored that trick for Portsmouth, and they played us off the park, and he actually was applauded off Merson. Yeah, um, right. if I remember rightly, you know. And I remember Gascoigne the same at the old thing. Gascoigne getting, they took the, they, I think someone threw a Mars bar at him. He picked it up and ate it, and that was it. They, <laughs> <laughs> they st- he stuck the football up his shirt, didn't he as well? That's right. Yeah. Referring yeah. to his weight and uh, you know, yeah, uh, and so on and so forth. But no, you're right. I think as soon as you draw the flag at Mill, it says that you're a good player, and um, you know, I, I, I think so. Yeah, I, you know, I think people, you know, people really get some stick. It's because you know, either they're wingers or they're good players. That's very true, mate. Frank, you've been a fantastic guest, mate. I really appreciate your your time. You are our listed lion. You are our listed lion, Mr. Frank Harper, writer, actor, director. Thank Thank you very much. much. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here.